You see, he had the information and the knowledge and the IQ all the time. Had the wrong picture. And the wrong picture was there because of the input into his mind. And when you change the picture, that's when everything changes. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and I'm here to inspire your true performance. From the framework established by Zig Ziggler, one of the top motivators and personal development leaders our world has ever seen, who believed we could all be more, do more, and have more. How? By improving ourselves, beginning with how we think about ourselves. Today, let's break down some personal development. In this show, we hear a message from Zig Ziglar on how our paradigm might shift dramatically if we got a special call. To begin our day, a call from someone we respected that testified to our value and our worth. From the message, I posted this question. If, number one, God undeniably appeared to you and simply informed you, you were currently functioning at about a quarter of the capacity and ability he had placed within you. Then also, you took an IQ test and it scored you beyond the genius level. And then let's go even further. Three different people you highly respected asked you to join a high-level mastermind with them at no cost. They just wanted you to be involved with them. Would you feel as a result of those three different things, would you feel any different about yourself and how? So we got many, many different responses and really not all of what I expected. It was really interesting. Tom Ziegler joined me to talk through the comments I will kick off with Zig's message after I share some great resources. Okay, here then is a four and a half minute message from Zig Ziglar. Age 16. His uh, teacher said to him, you're a dunce, Victor. You're never going to finish school. Why don't you drop out and get a job? At least be able to support yourself. Well, he dropped out of school, and for nearly 16 years, he was an itinerant. He went everywhere, did everything, served in the army, and a host of other things. But every morning, Victor would get up, he'd look in the mirror, and he would shave the dunce that looked back at him. He would dress that dunce. He would take that dunce to work. He would think as a dunce. He would perform as a dunce, and he would receive a dunce's wages. Age 31, for whatever reason, they did a psychological evaluation on him. And uh, the results came back, and with tremendous excitement, they went to Victor and said, Victor, I don't know whoever told you you're a dunce, and I don't know why you think you are, because the scientific evidence is compulsive. There is zero doubt that we are in error. You, sir, are not a dunce. You have an IQ of 161. You, sir, are a genius. Now, they didn't tell him anything else. No new information except the greatest information of all. You're not a dunce, you're a genius. Now he looks in the mirror and shaves a genius. He dresses a genius. He goes to work as a genius. He thinks as a genius. He performs as a genius. And the bottom line is Viktor Serebriakov has a number of books out. He has several patents to his credit. He is a a very successful businessman, owns several businesses. And one year he was the international chairman of the Menza Society. And he got to have an IQ of 140 just to get in there. You see, he had the information and the knowledge and the IQ all the time. Had the wrong picture. And the wrong picture was there because of the input into his mind. And when you change the picture, that's when everything changes. Linda Isaacs is down here from Italy, Texas. Linda is African-American. She's a dwarf. They evaluated her when she was... (laughs) Just a little girl, four years old. 
They discovered she couldn't learn. They put her in school, though, when the time came, but they were really nice to her and the teacher. They told the teacher, now, Linda's a cute little girl. Her classmates will all call her shorty. She's very friendly, easy to get along with. Won't give you a moment's trouble, but don't worry about trying to teach anything because you can't learn. Well, they passed her from the first to the second to the third. They said, we don't want to have to make friends every year, a new set of friends. Just let her go on through. She graduated from high school, functioning at the first grade level. Now, what about her future? Member of a minority race, a dwarf. What are her chances? Very slim. Except her mother was getting on up in years. She had an older sister lived right here in Dallas. Her mother brought her to Dallas to live with her oldest sister who took her down to Goodwill Industries where she met Carol Clapp. And Carol Clapp put her through this intensive two-week acclimation school and discovered something. Linda could learn some things. Now for 18 years, Linda had been saying, Linda can't learn, Linda can't learn, Linda can't learn. And sure enough, she was right. Now all of a sudden, Linda said, hey, Linda can learn, Linda can learn, Linda can learn. A year later, she was answering the telephone and checking the payroll and functioning almost as a secretary. Learned more in a year than she had learned in 18 years past. Now please, do not read anything into this which I am not saying If there's brain damage, folks, that's a different matter. And there are some cases that this is not going to work. But in every case, there will be improvement if we change the input and make it positive and upbeat at the same time, making it a realistic picture of what it's about. I'm going to tell you again, your input determines your outlook. Your outlook determines your output, and your output determines your future. The opinion you have of yourself and the opinion others have of you can make a big difference. Okay, there you go, folks. Classic, profound Zig Ziglar. Again, from that message, I posted this question on Facebook. If these three things happen, one, God undeniably appeared to you and simply informed you, you are currently functioning at about half the capacity and ability it placed within you. Then two, you took an IQ test and it scored you beyond genius level. And then three, three different people you highly respected ask you to join a high level mastermind with them at no cost. They just wanted to be involved with you. Would you feel any different as a result of those three testimonies to yourself? We hear then Tom Ziegler joins me as we walk through, talk through many of your comments. A uh, quick note, we recorded this show live on Facebook, so you'll hear a little bit different intro than normal as we address some of the folks that were with us live on Facebook. We had hundreds. Uh, and twice, I accidentally got just some quick audio feedback in the show you may you may hear. I, I, they're real short, but I apologize for that. Otherwise, really incredible show. Here we go. All right. Well, Tom, great to be back with you on the Ziggler Show podcast. And we will go ahead and say the folks that are listening to the podcast, we are having this live streaming on the Ziggler fan page, which has, I think, 4.6 million uh, fans on there now. Tom, I know you're often on there doing the Facebook lives and a lot of interaction. So it's about time we brought the show here, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm Kevin, I'm excited because I don't know. I think we've had like 50 million downloads of our Ziggler Show podcast. And then with all the millions of fans we have on Facebook, I mean, what a great way to get it together. And gosh, I'm seeing people like uh, Anad just came in from India. He's on there. We've got 
Uh, he's from Mumbai. We've got Annam Hill. He says, hi, we've got Flora from Australia. So our, our Facebook fans are showing up and letting us know where they're from. That is cool. And our podcast fans are all over the world too. So why don't we dig into this podcast episode and Kevin, let everybody know where they can get the podcast. Yeah. The podcast, you can find it of course in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast, type in the Ziegler show. And we're grateful to have it often ranked quite uh, high up in the rankings of overall podcasts, but especially in the business category. So the folks who are listening to Facebook live right now won't have heard this, but this is going to be show 640. It'll post in a week or two, I believe number 640. And you'll hear a clip from Zig Ziglar. And it's a message where he's really talking about just the aspect of how input from somebody, positive input, can change our perspective, even though our circumstances didn't change. comes from a clip that you know well, Tom. But from that, I asked this question on my own Facebook page. And we got a lot of comments and we'll be looking for yours right now on Facebook Live on the Ziglar page. Uh, if, one, God undeniably appeared to you and simply informed you that you are currently functioning at about fourth the capacity and ability he had placed within you. And then two, let's go further. You took an IQ test and it scored you beyond genius level. And then three, let's go another step. Three different people you highly respected ask you to join a high level mastermind with them at no cost. They just wanted you to be involved with them. Would you feel any different about yourself and how? So again, back to the clip that we're, we will have played uh, of Zig Nothing changed. Here's your day. You're the same person you were theoretically a moment ago, but these things just happened. And what would happen to you? Uh, so that's what I posted. We got a bunch of questions. Tom, if you're ready, we'll just dive in. Let's do it. Okay. So Ted here, he says, man, he says the first would feel, fill me with compunction, uh, but it would just make me so hopeful. And it would be the highlight of my day and most likely a catalyst for great achievements in the future. That's the point that I'm getting to. If we had that positive testimony to us. So, so we're talking different, really, I guess, Tom, than just positive input, which we can get from a lot of sources. We're talking about direct positive testimony to who we are from an outside source and how that would change our psyche. It's dramatic. Most of us don't get that. But of course, the point at the core of it is how do we do that, even if it's not given? Tom? Man, I, you know, I, I love that. And, and I like the intensity of it because, you know, it's, it's almost like cliche to say, hey, you know what, you've got what it takes, you can do anything you want. And we just kind of walk by that. But if God were to tell us, hey, you know what, <laughs> you're not even at your capacity yet. And three different people were to come to you at the same time and say, hey, I know you, I know your heart and you have what it takes, and then you take the IQ test, yeah, you are going to perform at a different level. And it reminds me of, of the story that Dad told about the, the teacher who, who took over a classroom of students who, you know, were supposedly in a lot of trouble, and by the end of the year, they were, they were excelling at AP-level stuff, and the principal went to her and said, you know, what did you do with these kids? You know, they were all delinquents. They were all behind. They were all having trouble. And she said, well, look at their IQs. And she pulled the sheet out and each person had a number behind their name. And the principal said, those aren't their IQs. That's their locker number. <laughs> That's beautiful. And, 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 and the, the point is, is that when you 
operate out of a perception of this is who I am. This is what I'm capable of. Whatever that perception is, that's how you're going to operate. Yeah. So good stuff. I just want to say hello. We had uh, Aaron Alejandro on here and boy, he does a lot of work with youth. We've got so many people on this Facebook stream. It's hard not to say hi for you guys who are just joining us right now. We are doing this live on the Ziegler show podcast. So, so Kevin, yeah, that's, that's what I think is that when people who we value pour into us, mm-hmm. it changes our perception of ourselves. Absolutely. It, well, go, the next question or the next submission, I guess, is Colin Martin. He says, yeah, of course, validation from other people is always so affirming. The question is, would that feeling be sustainable? Great point. Because even though those affirmations do come to us or, or if they were to, would it be sustaining? Which again, brings us back to what do we do day in and day out to keep those affirmations forefront in our mind and really in our hearts to a belief level to where we don't have to have them given externally. There's the heart of Zig Ziglar and the whole message right there. And it's easy for us to nod our heads to. I just wanted to bring it to a real world scenario because I'm like everybody else. And I wake up in the morning and my head can go one way or the other. Thus the intentionality of how do I bring it? And it's a real question, Tom, for somebody to say, look, I don't have anybody in my life who's testifying to me or probably is. What do I do to get that core belief inside of me, because as people are attesting to uh, here in the comments, it would be dramatically life altering. Gregory Byerline, he says this scenario is the cure for imposter sim- syndrome. So yeah, I'd feel like Superman. And that's what that's Tom. I mean, that's for you know full disclosure. That's where I am. I often feel like an imposter in an area where there's no reason to be. I'm, I'm a, I, I do well on my podcast here. I do well in business. My bank account shows it. My, uh, you know, the downloads show it. And yet I can still have that imposter syndrome. Why? The question is, why do I need somebody else to tell me, give testimony? And yet, my gosh, it still changes our paradigm. It does change our paradigm. So I have, I have uh, two thoughts here. One is the first question is, is it sustainable? You get, you get this input. Is it sustainable? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the second question is if I get this input and I believe it, and then I, my brain says, wait a second, <laughs> that's not really me. I'm an imposter. What do we do about that? Well, here's the thought. I, we had a guy in our office uh, doing our company wide devotions a week ago. His name is Jim Gardner. Just, just a great guy. And he talked about a pre-sleep routine. So just bear with me for a minute because I'm going to yeah, connect yeah. some dots here. Please. And the pre-sleep routine, he said, you know what? The goal is not to lay in bed for seven or eight hours. The goal is to get into bed and to have seven hours of deep sleep. And we know physiologically why we need to do that, right? Because when we get good sleep, the next day is better. And so we talked about a pre-sleep routine. So here's a habit that he suggested. Hey, about an hour, hour and a half before you go to bed, turn off the cell phone, turn off the computer, turn off the screens, get a gratitude list out, look at your dreams and your goals and prepare your mind. If you've got a family at home, hug them, love on them, give them your undivided attention. So I I listened to that and I'm thinking, gosh, why haven't I ever thought of a pre-sleep routine? And and some people are listening, where is this going with this this thought? Well, here's the connection. A few days later, I'm listening to a podcast by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. And he talks about the story of Samson and Delilah. 
Okay. And in the story, the, the story in the Bible the, the, that's way back in the book of Judges, I think it's Judges 16. Anyway, Delilah is deceiving Samson. She's wanting to turn him over to the Philistines because he's a nemesis to the Philistines. So she seduces him and says, where does all your strength come from? So he's the one with superhuman strength and he can, he kills hundreds of people and he does all these feats and he's, he, he, he kind of knows something up. So the first couple of times he tells her a story. So one time he says, well, if you take my hair and weave it in the loom and bind my hands, I'll be without any power. And so she does that. And then the Philistines come in while he's asleep and Delilah says, Samson, get up. The Philistines are upon you. And Samson awoke from his sleep. Well, in Hebrew, this is where it kind of gets cool. Awoke in Hebrew, it's translated. And there's actually two words that mean to wake up in Hebrew. And one of them has two vowels. One of them has one vowel. The word with two vowels actually has a spiritual context. The one with one vowel doesn't have a spiritual context. So he wakes up the first time, and it's the it's the word in Hebrew that has two vowels in it. And the verse right after it says, and the Spirit of God was in him, and he defeated the Philistines. Mm-hmm. The second time it mentions the word awoke, this is when Delilah actually cut his hair. And so when he woke up and only had one valve, and what it meant was it's physical only. The spirit of God was no longer in him. He no longer had power. So this is what I'm talking about here. If we realize that every day we're taking the day on with a spiritual battle, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to live at a higher level. It means that we have a choice to make before we go to bed. Are we going to wake up? with this concept of yawn, what am I going to do today? I don't have a purpose. That's the second way that Samson woke up because the spirit of God had left him. Or do we recognize who we are and whose we are, the value that we have within ourselves that should give us confidence knowing that we're going to take on the day with power. And so I think what happens is we forget. And so the reason it's not sustainable and the reason we don't believe other people when they say, wait a second, you were created for for mighty things. It's because we don't recognize the fact that we are spiritual beings and we can live at a higher level. And so how do we sustain the motivation? We choose who we listen to. Mm -hmm. Are we going to listen to the lies of the world or are we going to listen to the one who created us? Are we going to buy into the mindset that, oh, I could never do that? Or are we going to believe in the mindset of, well, everybody else is doing good things. Man, I can do even more. What if I took it to the next level? So anyway, that's been on my heart. And I I love sharing things, you know, things like that. But to me, that's just an amazing concept that we can actually go to bed at night preparing ourselves to live and win at a spiritual level the next day. Absolutely. I mean, when it comes down to it, a tangible level, we're talking about brain training, training our mind to train our brain, to train our heart, to train our actions. 
And there is a supernatural aspect to that. We, we believe, but God uses natural law and he wants us to get up in the morning, renew our mind daily. And I think, yeah, doing that at the night is such a big deal as well, because we have programming going on while we're sleeping. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Well, just to what you said, Joe Lalonde here, he says, he says, I feel like I would be energized and ready to kick my butt into gear. However, I also believe the imposter in me would speak up and tell me it's all a lie. It was a mistake. And he said, this is interesting, Tom, to just what you said. He says, after all, haven't we already been told by God we're a work of art and have so much untapped potential? And I think especially for the, the Christian realm of believers that we do know that we have head knowledge of that. And that's it. It stops there. And yet what we're talking about, what you just talked about, Tom, what your dad, Zig, talked about so often is we have to get up and do the training of that every day. We look in the mirror. It's like the self-talk cards, which everybody can get at Ziggler.com slash self-talk. But it's the training of doing it. So it's not just the knowledge. It's actually taking that knowledge, taking action on it, and walking it out day by day. Tom, you and I, man, it's been probably two years ago, we interviewed Tom Rath, the author of Success 2.0, and that great test that he has in there. And he wrote a new book, and that's what we did the show on, which was called Fully Charged. And he is a researcher, and his question is, why do people have a happy day one day and then not the next? And it seems to be happenstance. What are the actual ingredients that make up a happy day? And, of course, what he gets into is it's the people who daily train. And in essence, it's intentional. It's intentionality. It's doing these certain things and you can somewhat guarantee or at least give yourself a propensity for a happy day. So to bring that to the show, we're talking about now to take these concepts of man, if somebody, if God, if others, if an IQ test testified to me, how would I feel and what we're saying here is you, you can do that every single day. That's what we want to walk away with, but it's, it's a big deal. Uh, somebody else in the, in the, uh, comments here in Facebook says it, uh, actually it was Jamie McClellan. He says, we're capable of so much more. It seems so simple, but it takes twice the effort. I mean, Tom's that ring true to you. <laughs> you know, the whole intentionality dad had, the, dad had this great quote and the, and the quote was real simply this, you know, uh, people say that motivation never lasts, but neither does bathing or eating. <laughs> and if you do both of those every day, you'll feel better and smell better too. And so one of the quotes that I've been recently playing with is a tree's fruitfulness depends on its rootfulness. And so the question is, what are the roots of our life? And I believe, I believe strongly that the roots of our life are the most important things that we need to nourish. And what are the roots of the life? It's the character, the integrity, all of the non-physical qualities that we all have. And when I mean by non-physical, I mean spiritual qualities. So love, compassion, kindness, consideration, hard work, desire, discipline, you know, these happiness, joy, all of these things, these are spiritual qualities. And so one of the illustrations of the difference between physical and spiritual is, is this, you know, a violin is physical. When you see the musical instrument in, in its form, that's a physical thing. It can only be at one place in one time. Something that's spiritual would be the music that the violin plays, right? Because if you hear a beautiful uh, you know, 
song or melody played by a violin, it, it comes into your head. And if a hundred people hear it, that means it's in a hundred places at the same time. And so one of the things that we have to understand about ourselves as an individual, as people, is that we've got to feed the physical and the spiritual. We've got to nourish the roots that allow us to flourish in both areas. And so we need to begin thinking about what are the habits that I can do that will build my physical life? Hey, what I'll eat, how much I sleep, the exercise that I get, the amount of water that I drink. But what are the spiritual fruits that I want, right? A spiritual fruit to me is like a great relationship. It is, you know, people who have loyalty and I can count on. And, and so that's when I had developed relationships that have that. So what are the habits that create that? Well, in a relationship, you, you can't have a relationship without trust. Trust is the byproduct of integrity. So that means that I need to create habits in my life that build my integrity, that, that work on that on a consistent basis. So what are those things? That's things like being the habit of being on time, punctuality, the habit of always telling the truth, because these things then endear and engage others knowing that they can trust us in, in what we do going forward. And so when we talk about nourishing the roots to bear the fruit, I always look at what are the habits that we can create in our life that will raise us to the next level. And so since I know that I'm a spiritual being, I'm a physical being, and I have relationships with other people, I want to make sure that I nourish all the roots. Well, and you're talking about, you know, you said spiritual fruit. And when you say that, I'm thinking about, you know, making this practical. I'm reading a book by Dallas Willard right now called Life Without Lack. And he talks a lot about that, about taking these spiritual concepts and making them practical. And, and to that note, and I'm still figuring out how to run Facebook here while we're doing this, but I see the comments coming in. Thank you guys so much. Somebody just posted that they uh, are not of the same faith view of Christianity and God. Does this not still apply? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, we're going to bring that into it because it's, it's where our belief system comes from. But yeah. We're talking about having a belief in yourself and your own given abilities, wherever you think that those were given to you from or, or not, but the abilities you have in them. And I think we can all testify to feeling like we're probably not using them to the degree that we could, which, you know, it brings up a good point. Let me read this. Uh, Tom Jennifer says, I would completely feel different about myself. If I had these testimonials, uh, I'm in a role that is constantly looking at the negative. She's talking about work. And as a result, it makes me constantly question if I'm on the right path. Validation from uh, the different sources would give me the confidence to continue the course. I'm too quick to give up if I don't see immediate results, chalking it up to me not being in the right role. I'm also feeling regretful often that I squandered my talent. And I want to hit on that, Tom, because when we talk about this, I think everybody would say, oh, yeah, I know I'm probably not living up to my full potential. And we all, you know, we have those st the stats out there about how little of our brain that we use. I think a lot of times it can also feel shaming, uh, which is probably worth us giving a little bit of attention to, Tom, because we don't want to. It is, I think it's easy for a lot of people to, to take that into a shaming aspect instead of an inspiring aspect. And a couple of people commented, yeah, if God came and told me I was only working at this capacity, gosh, I'd feel bad. I'd feel ashamed. 
Understood. It's a good point, and and we're but we're missing the point. But that is a good one. We need to be inspired by that, not shame. But Tom, I'm sure you have a lot of people who take that concept of I could be more, I should have more, I'm capable of more, and it's really a downer. It's not an inspiration to them. Yeah, there's actually a story in the book Born to Win where they interviewed two brothers, and the first brother uh, was that they interviewed was in prison. The second brother that they interviewed was the, you know, he owned like 10 businesses. He was a multimillionaire. He gave millions away to charity, kind of a a community icon, if you will. Now, the interesting thing was these two brothers were twins, right? They were absolute twins. And so they go to the first brother and they said, why are you in prison? And this man said, well, why wouldn't I be in prison? My father was an alcoholic wife beater and child abuser. Of course I'm in prison. Look at, look at how I got started. His twin brother, they asked the same question. This is the businessman who has 10 businesses, millions of dollars. And he said, well, of course I'm successful like this. I've spent my whole life trying to be everything my father wasn't. In other words, my father was the inspiration for me to go the opposite direction. Now, isn't that, that's, to me, that's just such a, that's just like an, uh, such a pivotal point. And that's why I've written the book, Choose to Win, that's coming out in March. Yeah. Because there comes a point in our life, regardless of our circumstances, we, regardless of what faith or, or, or non-faith that we have, <laughs> wherever you are in your life, where you have to look at everything and own the choice. You have a choice right now, right this very second, to go and do what I believe God created you to do. And you might have a different uh, belief system, but I believe you have a choice to look at everything that's happened to you as a reason why you can go out and be successful. Or you can choose to look at everything that's happened to you as a reason why you can never be successful. Yeah. But the point is, you own the choice. And so for, for those of us who, who look at that scenario like, wow, God said I'm only using 25%, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Or God said I'm only using 25%, oh, you know, I, I feel ashamed. The, the reality is, is we're all likely to find ourselves in a stage of life where either one of those responses is possible because we all have good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is I want you to know that you can decide right now to choose how you're going to look at that information as the new level ground that you're going to build the rest of your life on or the heap of mess that's over you and keeping you down. You know, dad, there's a quote that dad used to say, he said, you know, a a big shot's just a little shot that kept on shooting. Mm -hmm. And most people's successes are built on a mountain of failures. The question is, do you look at each failure as one step closer to success like in Edison? Or do you look at each failure as just validation and verification that you're never going to have what it takes? But the reality is, is you get to choose which one of those thoughts that you have. And when you choose to believe that you have the power to make a difference every single step, every single choice throughout the day, and where you're going and your future is going to have, there is no downside to that. So why logically or emotionally would you not pick the one choice that gives you the best chance. 
Absolutely. Pick. And then I'm just going to add on to that pick and then train that thing every single day so that it takes root. Uh, because I think, again, a lot of people are nodding their heads to this and yet we go 10 years and we go, yeah, I knew that a long time ago and I haven't done anything with it. Here's, here's another uh, insert or another comment here. Sarah Highland. She says, I'm very quick to think better thoughts about who I am and what I'm truly capable of when I receive reaffirming words from others. I feed off of people's observations and perspectives of me. However, also I have to work to remind myself of these truths. If I haven't received affirmation from anyone in a while, there really should be a balance somewhere though. We need to be willing to accept those things and have faith in our true abilities. I mean, obviously that's what we're getting to here is having those beliefs in ourselves, regardless of any outside input though, Tom, I don't know how many times you and I have revisited that issue of encouragement. I mean, that's what it's one of the primary words that your dad Zig Ziglar talked about that came out of his mouth is encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. And yet so many people wondering, I don't get that encouragement. How can I get that? And of course the answer is I'll let you answer it, Tom. <laughs> Man, you caught me reading a comment here. Well, uh, it's, well you've told me it's it's encouraging others. It's you yeah. know, that that's like if you want encouragement, and I, you know, and I have to hold up my hand. So here, here you go, folks. So host of the Ziggler Show, encouragement is not my natural strong suit. It is just not something that tends to come out of me. And yet I know people like Tom Ziegler, who that's just a part of who he is. And Tom, I don't know if that's always been your nature or if that was trained, but I am not a natural encourager. I'll see something great about somebody. I'll think it. And I'm not a verbal person. I don't think to speak it. I have to make myself speak those words because it blesses that other person. But then I also know it, it's the quickest route to get that encouragement back to myself. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll just pass on a tip that I learned from dad. Um, and I, and I just want to comment on a quote, uh, Aaron, uh, put in there that, you know, what, what we teach in the classroom today is what our leaders will, the philosophy we teach in the classroom today is, is the philosophy our leaders will have tomorrow. I think, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln said that, or that's what he, that's what he put in the quote. And, and the reason I bring that up is because Aaron's very involved with, uh, FFA, and it's the largest uh, youth leadership program in the world. I think it's like 650,000 student leaders are in this thing. Wow. And, and I get excited about that because right here in our community and Facebook, we have people who are out there making a difference. But this is what I saw dad do. When it comes to encouragement, there's a do it now principle. So DIN, some of you have seen the tagline DIN, do it now. And when we would be in line and the line might have, gosh, it might have 200 people, people wanting autographs. And so they would wait in line an hour, two hours, three hours to get dad's autograph. And people would get in the line and they would come to dad and they'd say, Hey, can you sign my book? And he would look at them. He said, what's going on? And they would, in the way this, the intensity of this conversation would in just 60 seconds, I would see life happen in 60 seconds. And then they would share with dad, Oh, you know, I sure enjoyed your speech. I sure wish my uncle was here. You know, he's in, he's in the hospital. He's, he's going through chemo and he's just unable to be here. You know, could you write a note to him? And dad would look at him and he'd say, do you have a cell phone? And they go, yeah, what do you mean? They go, we'll call him right now. <laughs> and dad would get on the phone with some guy in a hospital who was a Zig fan right then. And he would encourage him just that instantaneous amount of encouragement. 
And so everybody who's, who's listening right now to the podcast, everybody's on our Facebook live, man, I'm going to encourage you. Uh, if you're on Facebook right now, message somebody right now that you love, that you've done business with, that you've worked with somebody in your family, a spouse, a, a kid, you know, somebody just message them right now and tell them, Hey, I'm proud of you. You know, it's been a, you've been a blessing in my life, whatever that word of encouragement is. And then just come back here in the comment after you've done it and tell me who's ahead of the game here. I mean, do you feel encouraged because you've encouraged someone else? Mm-hmm. You know, dad talked about if, if you go out looking to be a friend, they're going to be hard to, or if you go out looking for friends, they're hard to find. But if you go out looking to be a friend, friends are everywhere. Yeah. It's the same with encouragement. And so, you know, what's cool about encouragement is it's just a habit. That's all it is. Some people are more inclined to exercise, to, to, you know, to have discipline, to encourage, but anybody can develop that muscle. There is probably very few muscles. You know, we had Shanti Feldholm on here and, mm-hmm. you know, she talks about the kindness uh, concept is just so key. We can develop the muscle of kindness, of courage. And how do we do that? Little habits, little habits that build that. Yeah. What's that guy I know say the fastest way to success is to replace a bad habit with a good habit. Oh, that's Tom Ziegler. Yes. Uh, that said that. Well, so on that, I'm, I'm going to read one here. This is a comment that just came in on the Ziegler uh, Facebook page from Jim. He says, we have so much potential. It's crazy. If we only knew how much uh, the world takes out of us and lies to us. But what God says to us about how much potential, uh, that should be it. That should be the end all is God, you know, God's statement to us. No, so again, to those who are not God believing folks. And so somebody else tells you whether it's your parents, your coworker, your spouse, whatever, shouldn't that be enough? And I do want to push back on that to just what you talked about, uh, Tom, to the habits that something grand can be said to me. I mean, gosh, you know this, Tom, as an author, as a speaker, you can get a testimonial and you can get 20 testimonials. You get 200 testimonials. What's the one that sticks out? It's the the stinker. It's the bad, it's the bad testimony to take the wind out of you. And I think that again, we come back to the motivation. How often do we need to do this? How often do we need to address the belief in ourselves of our ability of our worthiness. And I think the answer is every single day to just like what you said, to build up that muscle of faith of belief in ourselves. because most of us have that head, head knowledge. I mean, everybody who's listening here is obviously a student of personal development and you have read books. Like I have shelves and shelves of these books behind me uh, from the world leaders, from, from the most brilliant minds out there. Uh, spiritual people and non, I mean, but just people who have had success and they're testifying to that and testifying to what your ability is. We have that head knowledge. I don't know. I don't know. We need somebody else to tell us that again. We need somebody to tell us, okay, now that you have that knowledge, how do you walk it out? I know a lot of things that I never walk out and day to day. I'm just a victim to not walking those out. How do I take that every day? renew my mind in the morning, in the night, in the afternoon, when I'm amidst the hubbub of my life and my family and my work. And I come to that crux and Tom, to kind of what you said earlier is an issue. Is it going to overcome me or am I going to overcome it? And that's when it's going to come down to the nitty gritty of where is my faith. And if I'm not working it out, if I'm not walking out those habits, 
for those folks who are on the Ziggler page, seeing us do this live for the first time, we every uh, every other week we do a habits show. So we take a guest that we've interviewed and then we walk through the seven spokes of the Ziggler Wheel of Life to hear their habits. And the point of it, a big point of it, a big takeaway is you'll find out none of these people are super superhuman. None of them are in the movies, the Avengers. None of them came down with some superpower or fell in a vat of fluids with an explosion and got a superpower. They're all like us. Most all, almost all of them came from some pretty hard circumstances that they've overcome. And they're where they are today because they have intentional areas in each of these spokes of life that they walk out these good, healthy habits that's why they are at the areas of success that they're, they are today. And that should be empowering because we can all do that, Tom, right? We can absolutely all do a little habit. Absolutely. And so you just reminded me, okay, so, so for those of you on Facebook, you got to go to the Ziegler show.com and, and get this up. John O'Leary, one of our, one of our guests was on and John O'Leary, boy, did he have a tough growing up? He was in a, in a really difficult uh, fire, a hot water heater exploded. He was burned over most of his body and he grew up in the fire and he had to, he had to survive. He had to get through that. And so he has a lot of metaphors about the fire and he gave the story of, you know, the forest uh, rangers, the, the, the forestry service, they had a big burn that happened, a big fire that happened. And they thought, you know what? Let's speed up the growth of this forest and let's put the right trees in. So they raised these trees in greenhouses, the, 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 the kind of trees they wanted to replant, and they grew them quickly and they replanted them. And then lo and behold, 80% of them died. And they tried to figure out why. We just put all these perfect trees that came out of a greenhouse in perfect land that's just been burned and 80% of them died. Well, then they realized, wait a second, <laughs> these little saplings grew up in a perfect atmosphere. And so they replanted a bunch of trees, you know, a bunch of seedlings in a greenhouse, except for this time, they simulated drought conditions. They put huge fans in it. They had uh, extreme heat, extreme cold in it. And they grew these little trees up. And when they planted them in the perfect area where the burns were, 80% of them lived. And so what's the point here? The point is this, gosh, we can either look at the trials that we go through, the fires that come into our life, the, the things that happen to us as a reason that we'll never be successful, that the world is against us, or we can choose to look at these trials and tribulations and say, this is preparing me for what I'm meant to do in life. And when the hard time comes in the future, because I was raised with the high winds and the cold extreme temperatures, the hot, the hot extreme temperatures, because of that, when the wind blows and the floods come and the fires come, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Right? Here's the reality. We don't get a choice of what happens to us usually. We don't pick our parents. We don't pick the diseases we get. We don't pick the economic situation we find ourselves in many times. But we do have a choice when it comes to how we're going to respond or react to that. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's, that's what I love about our community is because they've grown to a level of maturity to know that, wait a second, there's only one person who can make that choice, and that's themselves. When you own that choice and build the habit of making the right choice every day, that's when things change. 
Absolutely. Hey, that's a great lead in. I got one more for us to answer, to respond to. Sean Langwell says, oh, well, actually ask, is the moral, no matter how smart we are, we can always improve and be accepted as we are. That, that's two things there that Sean said. Can we always improve? Yes. Can we also be accepted as we are right now? Yes. Uh, these are not mutually exclusive. Sean says, yet some, perhaps many, including me, often think that they may be mutually exclusive. Trusting in what God has given us is one thing. Putting it to use and expanding our God-given ability requires effort. Effort, and I want to I want to end on that effort. But I do appreciate what you said there, Sean. That we're talking about. Uh, it's another issue that Tom, you and I have talked about in other shows before. That one, we all want to be. Are, am I okay today? Can I be okay as I am right now? And the answer has got to be yes. There's no peace in ourselves if we don't do that. Even as we're looking and going boy, there's so much more potential I have as well. So yeah, those are not mutually exclusive, but I totally understand the sentiment, Sean. But then what Sean ends with here, Tom, is really the, obviously it's, that's the one that gets me the most is we have got to put in the effort. And I think we have a lot of people, we have a lot of people here in the personal development world who are looking for the next book, the next podcast, the next blog that inspires them, that keeps that hope up. That's good. But if you're in the same place a year from now, five years from now, it's obvious that you're not taking it, taking that captive and changing your actions, making that habit. And I would, Tom, I know I wish your book was out right now because it so focuses on that. What is a new habit? Just one habit that you can start tomorrow. And you you can talk about it, Tom. I I think we so often get so grandiose and we want the big goals. We want the big, hairy, audacious goals. But usually what gets us there is that baby step of a new habit that we do the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And then maybe we add another one. And it's that over time that things dramatically change. Yeah, Kevin, I was I was speaking at an event one time and afterwards somebody comes up to me and they say, hey, how do I get out? How do I get out of this? I'm stuck in the quicksand. You know, I'm I've been hit by the truck. I'm depressed, you know, and, and what do I do to get out of this? And I said, oh, it's real simple you start yesterday and they're like, what do you mean? And I say, well, the reality is, is we start feeding our mind, the right information, the right, the route foundation foundation of character and integrity, honesty, love, loyalty. We hang out with the right kind of people. We listen to and choose what we put into our mind. We read the right things that build us up. And then when we have a stockpile, right? When we have that internal reserve and the hard times come because they always do, then we're able to sustain. It's very difficult. It's so much harder to create a habit while you're in the pit. And yet so many people wait until they're in the pit to stop digging. Okay. So what we need to do is start building. So what is the habit that we can do? I'll give you the number one habit. And I want to, before I give you the number one habit, I want to give you uh, Zig Ziglar's definition of success. Success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. And so there's been comments in here, you know, uh, we don't come to heaven by works alone, right? It takes faith. And and what is God's part and what's our part? And so many times we look around at other people and we compare ourselves to them. Oh, they're such a great singer. Boy, they can sell anything to anybody. Or look at that person. Look at their relationship with their kids. They're just natural with, with you know, with with kids. And so what we're doing is we're comparing our gifts and talents to theirs. And that's not what it's about. What we have a responsibility to do is to maximize the gifts and talents that we've been given. We've got to look inside and do all that. And so what is the one thing 
that will allow you, no matter who you are, no matter what gifts and talents you have, it doesn't matter whether you're a quadriplegic or a marathon runner, this thing, this one habit will change your life. And that is this. You intentionally choose the input that goes into your mind. And every day, even if you only start five minutes a day, you pick the information, the inspiration, the education that's going to lift you and take you to the next level. When we control what goes into our mind, it changes our thoughts, it changes our beliefs, it changes our actions, it changes our results. It's as simple as that. So if you want to know the habit that every other habit can be built on, it's what you choose to put into your mind. I need an alarm clock that says that, Tom. We need to create a Ziegler alarm clock that goes off at the appropriate, the opportunity clock, as Zig would say, that goes off and then says, hey, Kevin, time to get up. And remember, your day will hinge upon the input that you put into your mind. I need to hear that first and then go forward and do such thing. Again, it's that daily thing, daily habits. Tom, man, this is great. Uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. This is the first time we have done. This is literally the podcast recording. This will be show 640. Go find The Ziggler Show in iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. You can go to ZieglerShow.com and you'll see show notes of some of the shows. But Tom and I do this almost every week, once in a while. I have uh, Michelle Prince do it with me. And then real consistently, I have just a guest, people of great influence, like John O'Leary, like Tom Rath that we talked today, Shanti Feldhahn that we come, we ask them about their personal development journey and get their habits. What are the daily habits that they do because they're regular people just like us. Uh, but thanks for all the comments and uh, Tom, always a gift to be here and uh, do this in union with you. I learn, I, I'm the best, I, I get to be the, the most prolific student ever. It's awesome. <laughs> thanks, bro thanks, brother. Thank you. All everybody. right. Thanks, right. everyone, and a special shout-out to David Simmons and Jim Schultz and Nessa. Hey, I appreciate all your feedback. Hey, and tune in to The Ziggler Show. You'll hear your name on it. Okay, friends, now it's up to us to program our own higher self-image and self-worth and go forth inspired, not relying on someone else's testimony. It's just imperative. Zig Ziglar wasn't who he was because he had a sea of people calling him every morning to testify to his worth. He learned to do that for himself, and he got up, and he looked himself in the mirror, and he did it every single day. And his quest was really to give that gift to us. Coming up next in show 641, we're back with Dr. James Kelly, our guest from show 639. He's the author of The Crucible's Gift. It was a powerful show. Please don't miss out on it. In this next show, however, we walk through Dr. Kelly's personal habits following the seven spokes in the Ziggler Wheel of Life. It was just wonderful. Hey, and quick note, for all who hear this show right away, I hope you have had a blessed Christmas and are poised for a glorious start to a beautiful new year. Thanks as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.